Hello and welcome to Fucking Reality Queens. I'm Amelia. And I'm Sarah. And today we are going to be talking about sustainability, our environment, and things that we can do to better ourselves, our lives, and our world. And we have a special guest with us, my little brother, Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Thanks for having, are, having me. We are so Yay. glad to have you today. We've been looking forward to doing this. Yes, I've been very excited about this interview because I try to do my best to live um, a little bit more sustainable and lessen the footprint I'm leaving behind me in this world. And I know that I can always do better. We can all always do better. And I know that you and I had a conversation and you listen to several different podcasts and sometimes people don't have the correct information or maybe they just don't have as much information as they should or could use and I thought hmm maybe we could do one and you can help um, educate us especially because it is your forte so it's what he does <laughs> it's what he does it's what he does did and will always do he I'm demand. excited about it because I know that you know I do things in my own life the best to my knowledge, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that I don't know. And so I'm very excited to find out things that I don't know. Like if you look over my shoulder right now, down in the corner right here, this is the mm -hmm. beginnings of my most recent, you know, recycle stuff, but I don't know if I do it correctly. <laughs> I don't know if what I'm taking over there is actually recycled. You know, I have questions. So anyway, we'll get there. All right. So where to go first? As a matter of fact, why don't you ask one of your questions you may have, Miss Sarah? Okay, well, let's just start out with, Brandon, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you, like what made you want to go into this career field and sure. a little bit about I mean, what you do? Sure. Um, I don't know exactly what made me want to go into it. I will say... Um, I have this very strong memory of Nickelodeon having a, like, pledge drive to save the ozone. Okay. And, like, when I was very young, and just, like, calling in and asking our mom if I can, like, pledge more hours <laughs> to save the planet. I don't think I did any of it. I just, like, she was just like, you you can pledge it, but are you going to do right, it? Right, right. Like, you can pledge it, you'll do it. And I'm like, this. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I don't remember doing anything for it. Um, but our mom also tells the story of, like, me going to our um, going to my third grade teacher, second grade teacher, being very upset that student other students were not using both sides of their paper yep. during drawing. Yeah, okay, okay, and I remember this. That uh, so my mom like set up a time for me to like meet with the teacher and talk about it. And the teacher let me set up a like scrap paper bin. Yeah, oh, cool. Um, in like second grade class, so that. People could put it there if they only use one side and somebody else could take it and use the other oh side. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, that is awesome. I mean, it started. So, early. this is something that was, yeah, it just in, naturally ingrained in you from a very young age. You saw there's wasteful yeah. stuff and I want to do something about it. That's awesome. I love I that. I remember yeah. you since you were little picking up trash. Like, mm. he, he would pick up trash sure. and stick it in his pocket and he still does. I still do. <laughs> I did that earlier today. Still um, do. Yeah. And then, uh, when I was graduating college, I was applying for jobs and every job, I think when I was graduating in 2008, there weren't really 
jobs in sustainability or environmentalism. Right. Was like, like, not like there are today. Yeah. It wasn't really considered a field. Mm -hmm. um, but every job I applied to, I was putting something in about like, hey, I bet we could make this sustainable or like, you know, that was what I was trying to be, uh, to do to be unique or like right, what, right. Would be, what I would bring to this role. Um, and one of my friends was proofreading my, uh, one of my application letters, uh, cover letters was that, you know, pointed me towards a job where I'd actually be doing just sustainability, trying to reduce uh, resource consumption on the college campus. And I applied for it and got, very fortunately got that job. Um, so that's what I did for many years. I worked uh, focused on higher education. So basically, how do we uh, make universities more sustainable? Mm -hmm. um, mostly, most of that is fun focused on operations. So like, what, what could we have cleaner energy or could we do it, be doing things to reduce our energy consumption? Um, could we be educating people on how to use the facilities more efficiently, et cetera? Um, and then after a while, moved to LA um, and was very fortunate to find a job where I do sustainability now for um, some movie studios. Oh, wow. And it's sort of uh, my current boss had this idea that a movie studio probably functions very similar to a university campus mm -hmm. and that there are all these like high priority projects that are going on and you're trying to make change while people are trying to do a bunch of um a, uh, a myriad number of other jobs yeah. so um very fortunately she hired me and i've been very grateful and loved it um so now now that's what i do is basically try and uh reduce the environmental footprint of these movie studios okay that is awesome you know i can say i have a, a fraction of an inch of experience with movie sets and things like that and i know <laughs> for a fact just what little bit i know they are they come in they set up they use whatever they need to use for that time and then they move on to the next thing and there's so much that's wasted whether it be from craft services you know they bring in a bunch of food and it's all left over and it just goes to the trash or they need a certain outfit for whatever and then it just is left like there's so much left behind from you know just doing one scene somewhere so mm -hmm. that is amazing that now we've got at least one person and i'm sure you're not the only one but oh no you know they're, that they're this is lot. becoming a thing that is very cool very very cool yeah it's very cool and there i mean i have i'm very new to it there are a lot of people who've been doing this for a while and i've been very fortunate to learn from a, a lot of them very cool um what to do and what where there are opportunities so i love that i'm just working on it for our uh, our set of movie studios i can't and, remember uh, how long have you been doing how long did you do this is you know you know, being my brother, that I suck at figuring out time frames. And you've been <laughs> so great about listening to our podcast. Every episode, my brother is mm -hmm. so wonderful. He is one of our best followers and listeners. <laughs> um, love you. every day on my, on my bus to oh, work. Oh, we love yes. you. He lives, I love you so much. Um, love you too. Um, but I'm so bad about love you. Oh, you know gauging time frames. how long i can't remember mm -hmm. how long did you do um I, sustainability at the university i was doing I'm not gonna it say which one, but at the university for 13 14 years golly
literally was the very first time I had experienced on a large scale some in-house kind of um, sustainable living type stuff like the showers. It was really cool. So he, I, he can, of course, explain all this stuff. And it was the first time that I experienced toilets that had like the different flushings, like the ones <laughs> and the twos. It's like, oh, how I funny. Like, I was like, what's up with this? And he's like, well, if you go number one, you use the, if you go number two, you do this. He's like, it uses less water for this and more for this. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause at my house, it's like, if it's yellow, let it mellow. <laughs> <laughs> if Fair it's enough. Staying, it's brown. It's, it's, you know, sustainability looks different everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you. Everyone does what what works best for them. Yeah, it's like, so. but don't let it mellow too long while it's yellow. <laughs> right, right. Can sometimes, especially on asparagus nights, <laughs> we, we don't we don't mellow. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. That's There's, funny. We gotta yeah. we gotta draw some lines, but no. Yeah, um, totally. The the showers though. Explain how that works, because uh, I think one, that was really neat. I think. I think that's a product most people don't know about that I think is amazing. Yeah. It's this company. It's a small company I think called Shower Start. Um, that puts in these shower heads that allow um, water to flow while you're waiting for the uh, shower to heat up. And then once it gets hot, it stops the flow. And um, you pull a lever and then it goes back to full flow. But basically it's so that, you know, people will uh, start warming up their shower and then go brush their teeth or do something. Mm -hmm. um, and so it doesn't waste water once your shower is hot. Um, yes. So I always thought that thing was brilliant. Um, I loved awesome. it because, yeah, it was just sitting there warming up while I was over doing my stuff. And then I just get in, pull that little lever, and it's like, ah, nice, perfectly warm shower. It wasn't wasting a bunch of water. I'd really mm -hmm. like to put one in, you know, my home. Just like I love <laughs> the, um, I want to, when I get my forever home done, you know, when that time comes and I do my forever home, I also don't want to do a hot water tank. I want to do the water that goes right through the tube that instantly yeah, hits yeah. it. The instant yeah. heat. Yeah. yeah, the instant heat is one of my things. There's multitude of, of different things that I want to try to um, be a little bit more sustainable. Just like mm -hmm. I want to collect rainwater. I don't care if it's legal or not. I'm flip so the government stupid. a bird on that it's one. Not... Wait, where is it illegal? That's not something. Oh, it's I've not ever legal. Heard. It's not legal it's not in legal. Oklahoma. You're not. You're not allowed to collect rainwater. You're not, you're not allowed to. to collect rainwater. Did you not yeah. know that? Nope. Look into it. Not Look into the legalities of it. Yeah. Look into it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's if so you, many if things people that are, they're... If you if it's not um. You know, with anything, if you don't take care of it, like you could, that can breed mosquitoes. Like there are reasons right. why, like if you don't take care of it, it could be bad. Um, but I think, you know, a more narrow thing is to like a better, in my opinion, a better solution is like only collect it in a like such and such container. Like one of the right. ones that have like the mesh top. Exactly. To, uh, prevent that. It, it would make, it, what you're saying makes sense. The part of it that doesn't make sense to any of us is the reason they don't want you collecting it is because they don't want you using your own water and they want you using city water or whatever mm -hmm. that the case may be. So 
yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, look up the legalities of it. There's a bunch of crap like that that uh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, which I didn't know about that because I was going to start doing it. And then somebody had said that to me. Not not Sarah. Somebody else told me about it. And I was like, whatever. And then I actually looked it up and I was like, oh, damn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because at first I was like, whatever, you little conspiracy nut job. And then I was like, I looked it up and I was like, oh, well, that's crazy. Yeah. But, so many you things know, like that I, are insane. You know, I just want to do things that are going to be, you know, more sustainable. Well, just like I, I, my my chickens. I love taking mm-hmm. care of my chickens. I, I feed them chickens. a lot of my scraps. Um, yeah. As you know, I do my composting, which yeah. I use the soil of that for my plants and yeah. stuff, for my gardening. Those things are all great. Um, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of it, I going back to what you were saying before about the dining your house and, and all of that, like, and so much of what you just said. Uh, what I love about sustainability of a lot of it is also cost effective. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can save yourself money by saving energy, by reducing your consumption of things, reusing things. Um, you save money while reducing your environmental impact and reducing the harm. So um, a couple of the things you said, you know, the hot water heater and whatnot, um, there is uh, I recommend everyone look, if you're going to build anything or do any sort of renovations, um, look for incentives and rebates mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. most utilities are required to give rebates on efficient uh, equipment and appliances. So like okay. if you're getting, if you ever get a new washer or dryer or things like that, usually you can get a, um, you know, even just like a hundred dollar check sent to you for filling out a form and sending them a copy of your receipt. Oh, wow. Uh, it can be that easy. This is something Um, that actually sparked a question in my mind, um, earlier today, uh, when I was reading over our prep, um, I wondered what the statistics were against uh, homeowners versus renters in this country, because I feel like we have a lot of renters. Like you think about all the apartment complexes Mm -hmm. and how many people are in there. And so many of these incentive things, incentives, sorry, I cannot speak today as most days um, are designed Mm -hmm. for homeowners. And so renters don't necessarily have those same things available to them. And we, and we're almost, it's like 65, 35 from what the statistics say is homeowners versus renters. It says we have 35%, you know, that are renters, 65% that are homeowners. I would almost challenge that to necessarily be true. It feels like it's probably 50, 50, or maybe even flipped. And so for those people that don't have those types of incentives available to them because they're renters, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, definitely. There are, um, uh, a number a number of uh, utilities and like even state level programs for um, home energy audits. Mm-hmm. Um, so those will be targeted towards like they will target different things towards owners versus renters, but usually okay. those are available for renters too. Okay, good. They'll okay. come in and say like, hey, if you did, you know, you added insulation here, or um, if you did. You know, here we can change out your thermostat. These are things that you, you know, things that you can do as a renter to save energy. Um, and well, see, and that was my question. Is I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, that was my question. Like, as a renter, I don't know that my landlord would be okay with me th- changing out the, the thermostat or adding insulation. Um, that that's my concern. I'm, is that like you know, 
yeah. you might have that battle with, with your landlord who's trying to save yourself some money and help the environment and do all of these things. And then maybe you have bad landlord that's like, no, I want my $3, you know, thermostat. You can't change it out. Yeah. You know. So um, there are still some of those things you can do with just like, you know, playing uh, foam along your windowsill, oh, for example, okay. that like helps with insulation and reduces yeah. drafts. It's like, yeah. these are things you can get from Home Depot for under $10. And awesome. actually a lot of the home energy audits will do some of that stuff for free. They'll oh, come in and they'll like, they'll do the low cost things for you for free um, or with you or even give you new light bulbs uh, or give you a thermostat. Um, yeah. And they they can also, I've seen ones where they will write up a report that you as a renter can give to your landlord. Oh, that I says, love that. Like, Here are some opportunities that you could do, landlord, to save money and improve your well-being and the well-being of your renters, etc. So like they... That. So they have different programs targeted towards different audiences. Okay, good. Yeah, because I've seen uh, some flyers and things about those home energy audits. Um, I am a renter right now, mm -hmm. and I didn't think that that was necessarily available to me because I wasn't a homeowner. Um, I'm going to go back now and look and see, you know, yeah. if that's something yeah, that I Yeah, because that's good to done. know because there's a lot of things I overlooked because I thought you had to be a homeowner mm -hmm. in order to. And I... I'm currently a renter because as mm -hmm. you know, we know I I'm trying to I'm doing the whole renting thing until I can get my my land so I can go live mm -hmm. in my little oasis with all my <laughs> animals and my play like I'm <laughs> farmer Ted. Yeah. And stuff. But yeah, I was unaware of what I could do to yeah. do that. So I wanna know what is uh global warming. That's yeah. where I was going There is a whole misconception with this and so <laughs> So I'm, I'm moving away too. from the whole sustainability and these the rebates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would like for you to um, to give us some correct information on this because mm -hmm. um, I noticed in in the email that you sent me, you know, you're correct on what you said because when people say global warming, we all have this idea of what we think global warming is and what you say it is, is not exactly what most people think. Mm -hmm. And um, it is something that you are educated on. And so I would like for you to tell our listeners exactly, you know, a better understanding or try to a more layman's term mm -hmm. or a better definition of it so that we can understand how mm -hmm. uh, our world is acting and and i really like and you're right you know i've got to stop calling people granola eaters <laughs> and tree huggers because it can be tend to be i guess a little offensive because you, you know you're not you're not a granola eater or a tree hugger you're no. just for humanity you're for yeah. humanity i was gonna I like say yeah, i would like for him to go through that the way that he kind of put it in the email because and it, it was very well said and our listeners need to hear it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it. I would like for, I would like for you to share that because it, it is something that I've been very curious about because people hear global warming, they think, Oh, the whole world's going to just heat up and burn up. And then they're <laughs> like, Oh, there can't be global warming because we're getting really cold. Right. It's right. getting lots of snow mm -hmm. and this and that. And so it's a very, there's yeah. a misconception. There's a lot of things that people don't understand and mm -hmm. they're being miseducated Yep. because I think some people just talk out their asses. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> they do. you know, ah. ignore my train. 
No. Tell me, tell no, our good. listeners um, so I, if, if you'll share. Well, just to start off with what you said, like, you know, I am not a granola person. And I take my, I kind of take pride <laughs> in being an environmentalist who doesn't really like being out in the environment. Right. You know, my happy place is a uh, smoke-filled casino and a slot machine. Yes, so, it is. We uh, love it. It's our favorite, which I didn't get to do this last time you were home, and I'm bitter about that. I'm sorry. I'll do my bitter boat later. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, I do have, I mean, I, a majority of my colleagues are people who like to go on hikes and stuff like that. And I like going on hikes, too. But like. I am not. It's well, they not may my not life, eat no. granola either. They no. may just like to hike. They might like beef <laughs> yeah, jerky. Exactly. I, they so. like trail mix. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they um, might like nuts and M and M's and jerky. Yeah. I just was rude and put granola in there. So okay. Uh, no, no. But, I mean, I think I the granola eater, like a crunchy granola human. Um, but yeah, I think the and the reason I bring that up is that you know I think we talk a lot about how. Um, we're trying to save the planet. We're, you know, saving the animals, and that—that's sort of maybe what you think of. And and the people always push back on it of like, yeah, you know, I care about people. I care about people too. And I I think the big thing that people don't realize about like climate change is that um, it really will affect people even more than animals. Like there are animal species that are dying off, but in the end of the day, if you and that is terrible. And like I want to save them too. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we change the planet too much, like humanity will not be able to maintain the lifestyle we want or, uh, may not be able to maintain at all. Um, but, um, going back to your question about climate change, global warming, um, people started to move the climate, the planet is warming as a whole. Um, every, the average temperature, um, every year for the last decade or so has every year has been the hottest year on record on average so it's always yeah. been it's been getting hotter and hotter and hotter um but people have moved away from the term global warming because it does have that misconception of like well if everything's getting warm why did i just have a really cold winter like i don't remember having a winter like that or you know why would we still have snow etc and people sometimes get the idea of climate, which is like the overall like average pattern of what's happening versus, you know, weather, which can be seasonal, which is variety. Like every day is every, what you experience on the day to day is weather. Climate is what happens holistically. Um, so to put climate change into a like simple explanation um it's basically as we burn fossil fuels and release some you know other um chemicals like methane and things like that um into the atmosphere it acts almost like a blanket and is sort of insulating the planet with heat and um that sort of basically it, it kind of is collecting the sun's rays so the sun comes down it beats down instead of um some of the rays would bounce back off into space normally, but as you add these, uh, as you add CO2 and methane and whatnot to the atmosphere more and more, um, it holds that heat back in. That light, which then turns into heat, gets held into our atmosphere, and so it gets warmer and warmer. Um, and so, you know, you see this starting to affect climate, and I think what, um, there are some in sort of the environmental field who even instead of you know we've changed from calling it global warming to climate change because it's not always 
not everybody's experiencing warming per yeah. se mm. and some even call it global weirding like um, because yeah. it really is um, as you change these things it changes weather patterns it creates things that we're not used to seeing you know i live in la and we've had well so much things rain. that are weirding things that are weirding okay so this may not have anything to do with the so the moon looks weird to us right now why is the moon weird uh, that's so, not my purview okay no, i look at it. it i need I and i need an astronomer if you know <laughs> yeah we need, I need a young priest anybody. and an old priest yes <laughs> may the power of christ compel you <laughs> yeah because there's a whole lot of the, just the world is weirding yeah stuff, exactly so. we're noticing all kinds <laughs> of weirdness going on we're noticing a whole lot of weirdness so you know we've had these discussions with the kids like your nephews was one mm -hmm. of them in it um we were discussing you know the environment and everything else and you know what was to happen if the world stopped turning and everything and you know <laughs> it was like he's like it would kill all of us and everything and we'd all float away and i was like well you know if i tethered myself to something i'd float out and then just come right back you know and he's like <laughs> I was like, you could just see me walking around. I'll just get a long <laughs> rope and I'll just, you know, tether myself to something in the house and I'll just go out to my chicken coop, come back, you know. And he's like, it was really silly, you know, kind of discussion we were having. So you get this visual of me floating out and then coming back, <laughs> you get a good chuckle. But, yeah. you know, he's, he's, a, looks into a lot of this and him and I discuss the whole stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's part of the thing that we have started discussing with the looking of land mm -hmm. and stuff for farming, because we have to take these things into consideration. Like it worries me about where we're located. You know, how hard is it gonna be for us environmentally to be able to live sustainable, to be able to grow our own food, to mm -hmm. be able to do. And it's like, I don't know if I'm wrong in the thought of that it would be safer to move further north, but I'm starting to think that's not such a good thing because shit, they're getting more snow than ever <laughs> and they're getting colder than ever because of all of this. But I keep thinking here is just getting hotter. And so yeah. everything's like the droughts are worse. So mm -hmm. it, it just, it feels yeah. like there's a no win with this. How, yeah, uh, where have we reached? Have we reached the point where there is no return? That's what I want to know. Is uh, there, have we finally reached the point where there is no turning it back and healing it? Or we, are we still at that cusp where there's a chance that we could start to heal the planet? I mean, what do you question. think? Well, do you there, think no, no, we no. could heal so there, the planet? So there was a report that came out uh, just last week that uh, from uh, the IPCC um, that said that basically, like, we have until 2030 to really reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. So that's the emissions from, like, burning yeah. coal and, and natural gas yeah. and things like that um, to reduce them pretty drastically. Uh, to avoid some of the like the worst of climate change so like yeah where it is right now is like kind of bad like kind of things are thrown off uh yeah it will get if we reach a certain there's a threshold in which basically it's like 
two degrees of increase of temperature change um, in which things could get really bad. So if yeah. we are able to reduce by 2030, then we avoid that really bad scenario. Um, where we are right now, like I think right now what we're doing is trying to reduce to maintain where we are right now so it doesn't get worse. I think there could okay. be in the long term, like getting back to what we, you know, what we had. And there are people who, there are companies that like take carbon out of the atmosphere, for example, and um, stuff like that. But um, I think right now the goal is to maintain where we are and prevent things getting really bad. There's something that you said um, in the email that really spoke to me specifically um, mm -hmm. that I want to kind of digress back to. We, you know, talking about global warming, talking about climate change, all of these things. And I am definitely one that is like, Mother Earth is not going to let us ruin her. She's just not. She's been here for millions, if not billions of years. And she's not going to let us fuck her up. She's just not. She'll get rid of us before she allows herself to implode. Mm -hmm. And what you said there spoke to me. And I want you to repeat it because I never thought about it from this angle <laughs> and i think it's important that that other people hear it as well I think, um i think the way i said it was basically that um you know everybody talks about like trying to save the planet but like the planet the planet will survive without us like it will right. you know, it'll change it'll adapt and it's a matter of like whether or not we will as human humans survive or be able to live the life that we want to live like yeah, that's, that's it where, right there. That's yeah. what really hit me because I've never looked at it from that perspective. Like, sure, she will be here, but will we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. will we be able to sustain if we don't keep? Yeah, from we all watch these movies, the all these apocalyptic movies where the world is exploding, these meteors are coming, and it's like, oh, the end of the planet and stuff. <laughs> and it's really, it's never going to be the end of the planet. It just will be the end of us. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so the dinosaurs went away, and then <laughs> well, and that Mother that's Earth enough. That makes fine. another question for me, and I'm hoping that you can give me um a, a, an answer that I'm happy with. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> she wants give her the one she wants. No. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, no, I, I I want I want to hear the one that makes sense to me because I haven't gotten one that makes real a, a lot of sense. Um, so we've gone through. You know, we know that our world has gone through. Um, let's say the ice age and then mm -hmm. back again. And we've mm -hmm. only been tracking these things for so many years. You know, we haven't been tracking this for millions of years. We're just now learning, you know, in, in recent times about carbon dating and all of these things. So how do we know that what we are doing is what is causing the global mm -hmm. warming? How do we know that for sure? Because statistically, mm -hmm. I mean, not statistically, but you know, historically we know if we went from an ice age to where we are now, obviously things warmed up. Mm -hmm. So how do we know that it's not just continuing to warm as mm -hmm. a natural process? How do yeah. we know that? Yep. Um, so one, um, going back to sort of your point about like millions of years and, and whatnot, yeah. um, there, we can get a sense of what the atmosphere was like then. Um, one of the faculty members I used to work with, um, actually would do this, they would do ice coring where they can, they take these cores of ice from Antarctica 
and you can get air bubbles and pull out like figure out exactly what the makeup of the atmosphere was at that point in time yeah um and you can tell and it's really cool because you can see some of the um i've seen pictures of these and you they can point to like here's where mount vesuvius erupted and you can see this like dark line um and you can see actually one of the ones that's really cool i like is um when um you know we signed all these things to save the ozone layer um in like i think the 90s i'm i'm bad at this um but like you um you know all these like across the the world every government's signed to say they reduce the number of fluorocarbons and and whatnot and you can see that in the ice rings too of like suddenly like two years later everything is like it's the line is a lot clearer stuff like that so you have a way to sort of track that um the so we know what the atmosphere had in it at different points in time with different temperatures um what the other thing is um when you sort of track this information of like okay how what how much co2 was in the air at these different times um you can see there's this um what's called the hockey stick graph where they show like here's what the temperature is at different points here's what the co2 level is at different points and the two are identical and um the reason why i really trust that is that you can see um the the people who've done the best research on that and have like some of the best graphs are the oil companies um as their like information has come out or like as documents have been released it's like oh look their their hockey stick matches perfectly with the hockey stick of what was in the air um so that's one aspect of it the other one um you know temperature has always been has been cooling there are cycles and whatnot um, and the variation is usually from what I've seen, it's not more than usually like it's, you know, four degrees, right. Mm-hmm. As an average global temperature between like ice age, it's four degrees, one way, four degrees, the other way between like ice age and hellscape. Right. Um, and when you look at these documents of documented, um, temperatures and how they correspond, usually the speed in which, um, temperatures change is like one degree every 10,000 years. Okay. Um, and we have uh, basically had one degree change in a hundred years. Okay. So oh. okay. It's okay. like going from driving in a school zone and going like 15 miles an hour mm. to suddenly you're driving on the highway at 85. And you're in NASCAR. And right. you're, yeah, you're in okay. NASCAR. <laughs> that makes sense to me. That makes sense yeah. to me. And I, I'm glad that you explained it that way. And, you know, something else that kind of makes me a little bit crazy, lots of things make me crazy in this world, but this is definitely one that makes me crazy, <laughs> is um, the fact that, okay, like you said, by the year 2030, we need to do this. And I know that we hear a lot of these things um, in our politics and it's like, we need to do this by this year. And then that year comes and that thing that they said was going to happen, didn't happen. Why is environmentalism so tied to politics? Because I feel like if they weren't, people would believe it more, or, you know, like we could get more people Mm -hmm. on board if it wasn't so tied to a political agenda. Do you have any, any way of the, any ideas on how we can get away from it? It's not going to happen because it's like they're supposed to separate church and state and they don't. So good luck. But, you know, 
I mean, and I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you there. I I like to think it's getting better. I, I think okay. there is. Um, I was at a presentation uh, last week from this professor who does sort of like social science and um, and climate change. And he said he was doing, they did polling in Florida, which is ostensibly a swing state, but right. um, leaning more conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did polling of people from um, either political party. Or, and just to say, like, Florida is also one of the states seeing, like, some of the most of this sort of global weirding, right? Like, right, right. they have, you know, higher, uh, more hurricanes, increased flooding, stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And what you saw was that, you know, while Democrats did believe more in climate change than um, Republicans, uh, like it was still like 80% of Republicans there said it was yeah. real. Yeah. Um, and yeah. while it was like 95% of Democrats, something like that. So that's still yeah. like a high, that's still the majority. That's so encouraging, I think actually. It is. And and they're experiencing like the front, the front of it, right? Yeah. Um, so they they've seen it, so they know it's happening. And I think so. Yeah. I think people are realizing it. I think, I think the debate has moved away from whether or not climate is changing, right? Um, right. And I think it's more just helping people understand like that we do have a big influence on it, and like you know we don't influence all of climate, but we influence right. a big part. And that we should, um, it's in our best interest, our national interest to uh, be, you know, trying to kind of rein these things in. Right, right. So um, what are, I know that you had said that you've heard podcasts where they're giving misinformation or not enough information. What are some things that you want to make sure that you're able to convey (laughs) while you've got our time here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I... It's more that I want to focus people's energy on the things that matter. Like we're all, um, we're all busy humans. You have li- everybody has like limited bandwidth to give to anything. Right. Um, and so Mine's I think my short. message is <laughs> all of ours <laughs> is right. Um, so I think mine is more to like help people focus in on like what what are the things that are big that you can do in your life um, and where you can focus your energy. I mean, going to what you just said, I think the biggest thing, 100% across the board, is vote. Vote for people who are going to represent your values and who, if you want to make me happy, you vote for people of any party, I don't care, who um, will um, fight for, um, you know, combating climate change and and whatnot. so that's number one, vote. Right. Um, but Tell beyond me. that, I think thinking about like what are the big things in your life, I, I think people get obsessed with like all the small things, like the changing up the straws to save the sea turtles, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's but like on the grand scheme of things, and plastic is a huge problem. It's a huge pollution problem. Yeah. There's the great yep. Pacific garbage patch. Right. Um, so not to little that but like you know i i think just making sure you're you're focusing on the the biggest things you can do in your life um and not trying to do it all but to do those things so um 
Uh, one of the things that I think is big is to remember that reduce, reuse, recycle is actually a hierarchy. Yeah, I love that. So, I love that. Yeah. And so now when, in regards to recycling, I heard somewhere and I don't know where, whatever, but that the majority of what we take to the recycling facilities don't actually get recycled. Is that true? Probably. It's a, okay. I yeah. would say it's. <laughs> I've so, heard that too. Well, and the, the issue is that, so recycling isn't, I think people try and use recycling as a cure-all, like I can right. do this because I can recycle it later. And it's not really that simple. Recycling is an industry like any other, like it has to be profitable. It has to work. It has to make sense. So um, some things you can recycle some places, but not others. Right. Um, and so, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense to, you know, ship your plastic bottles to uh, across the country to then be made into a new plastic bottle mm -hmm. when it will be very energy intensive to do that. So like they're, they're, you know, it might not, it might be less environmentally impactful to actually make new plastic bottles, for example, mm -hmm. than to ship yours across the country, clean them, okay. do that. So yeah, like, clean so, all, all of the stuff yeah, they have to use to clean it, it. Right. all the gasoline that gets used to transport them. All yeah. the... Right. Yeah. Well, and I would I say stuff. with recycling, okay. the number one thing is like aluminum cans. If you recycle nothing else, aluminum cans are a hundred percent, like infinitely re recyclable. Okay. Um, great. Definitely reduces the amount of energy because you have to, otherwise you're mining aluminum, transporting it all of these things, like it's yeah. by far the best thing. So if you're well, going I, to hold I, on to one piece of thing from your life and carry it around till you find a recycling bin, let it be aluminum cans. Okay. Let Very it be the good. aluminum. Well, and you know, I think, I, I don't know this, but I feel like the reduce, reuse, recycle in everyday practice within most of our households is reverse. It is recycle, reuse, reduce. And really mm -hmm. it needs to be exactly the way that it is. So if we can just flip that, and mm -hmm. make recycle at the the last of the list and not the beginning and for us to mm -hmm. think about reducing 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 rather than recycle 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 because recycle is easy you know we mm -hmm. i think as a side society in america especially are mm -hmm. such a gluttonous society we don't want necessarily want to reduce anything like we're we're oh, bigger better more we, more more we are a gluttonous like you were in the email you were talking about you know with with the whole food mm -hmm. and animals and everything else that's like um you remember when i was dating a certain person from the uk mm -hmm. and when he came to visit like when he saw my refrigerator he was like oh my god he's like why do you have such a large refrigerator i'm like he didn't understand <laughs> it and it's because they don't have refrigerators that large over there because they don't go and just buy a bunch of food and keep it stocked like that. That's not how they work mm -mm. over there in the UK. They buy very minimal amount of stuff. They, you mm -hmm. know, have a few little staple things that are kept in there, but not a lot. And people frequently just go to the shop and buy, you know, what more they need for the day. fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the day. They don't. I, they don't I would venture to say we're probably the only country that shops the way that we do when it comes to food. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know we that. Do. But I feel like we do. We are. We are so wasteful. We are. We are because think about how much stuff that people tend to put in their refrigerators, and then it like gets pushed to the back, and mm -hmm. it goes there to die, and then yep. later they're like, "Oh, I have no room to put something in the fridge." And I've then got a couple of they dead go back in and... my refrigerator right now. <laughs> yeah, and then they go back and clean it out, and then it's like, "Oh, well, that was wasteful." Not everybody has chickens in their backyard that they mm -hmm. can throw that stuff out to. Because <laughs> let me tell you all, chickens will eat anything <laughs> well, it's funny i just was reading an article about you know i've compost has become so much more available and i think much more mainstream within the last year or two which yeah. is exciting yeah. I, I love it uh, yeah but i was reading an article about um how compost is actually the lowest on the list for food like food should be first for for humans you really? know best you can then do feedstock for animals then it yeah. should go to compost like um so you know i five your chickens immediately it was just like amelia is crushing it yeah i am i'm freaking crushing it man <laughs> i'm crushing it um, yeah because that's like the, those little raptors out there will freaking need any including their own eggs i've heard this like, little little yeah. uh like, yeah one of them accidentally broke an egg and somebody told me just to throw it down in the corner and i did and they little cannibals went to town eating <laughs> i was like they are they're little raptors they're little cannibals funny Gross. seriously well i've been told that you know if one of them draws blood that's it that person's down and i'm like oh God, <laughs> they're vicious. <laughs> they are vicious. My, of course, you know, I talked about uh, how the one little asshole attacked me, mm -hmm. Sybil. Yeah. That little bastard, his day's Corner coming. View. Yeah. Funny. Yep, his day's yeah. coming. He shall be a meal on my table. That's so, so funny. I love it. Um, well, I mean, Sybil's nom, not nom, producing nom. eggs, though, so, like, right. good riddance. Exactly. No. What yeah, are you he's, doing he's, for the household? He's going to be a meat man. You exactly. are not exactly. pulling not your weight. Nothing. <laughs> you're not pulling your weight. You're just attacking me, and you're you know you're busy yeah. raping all the women around here. And then you know you're going. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to be dinner. I think corporal punishment here. <laughs> I think that's that's fitting. Um, but yeah, so compost. You know, to food in general, like it should be. Um, you know, so much energy goes into food. Like it is one of the biggest sources yeah. of uh, energy of um, consumption as a whole, and then it goes to waste. Like if if it's not eaten, and so I, I think that's one. Really of the bothered impact. to to see where you were talking about. You know, yeah, about how um, a lot of forests are being cut down for that's, for cows, mm -hmm. and um, what was the other one? Was it goats? Well, or not so, goats. Uh, what I was saying was um, that I think that's two different things. One is that, yeah, a lot of um, it's kind of what got me to be go vegetarian was just that, um, you know, it takes a lot of space and a lot of land to, to grow like my bacon. Um, animals and to uh, produce and to, yeah, to grow animals, especially in sort of an industrial setting. Um, and so, like, yeah, there are a lot of um forests being cut down to farm more animals to meet the the growing demand for meat and uh, for me what what sort of struck me was the idea that they're really if everybody wanted to eat meat at every meal um there isn't really enough like land this. on the, the planet for that you, to, so what to should grow. people do 
Go ahead. So you had a suggestion. You had a suggestion my, the two that would help with this. Are just to eat less meat, so like substitute, not not telling people to go vegetarian, um, but to you know just eat less meat, eat one or two meals uh, a week that are vegetarian instead of meat substitute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is that some of them. So what you were starting to get to is that some um, animals are more resource intensive than others. So the example mm -hmm. is that a cow takes seven pounds of grain or feedstock or whatever yeah. to feed them to create one pound of beef. Mm -hmm. um, whereas other animals like chickens are a lot more efficient. So it's like, I think with chickens, it's oh, yeah, two they to are. one. Um, yeah. And so if you eat, uh, it tends to be red meat is more resource intensive. So if you eat things that are less resource intensive, if you're going to, eat meat to eat those things so like chicken fish is even i think even more efficient to what i say fish yeah, yeah fish, fish is more efficient yeah. than chicken would it help if bugs are the most efficient but right. i'm not going to push that I, one no please don't <laughs> you will never convince me on that one um would it <laughs> help if let's say rather than everybody being able to have the ability to go down to the local walmart and buy beef would it help if, let's say, families started coming together and buying one beef cow and having it slaughtered and that be their, you know, beef consumption for the year? Would that help in any way, do you think? Or does it not matter? I I think it, I mean, I think it depends on how the animal is raised on, and how much people are eating. Um, if it changes how much they eat. Uh, like, yeah, I know I, I come from a, a line of beef eaters. Like, I think mm -hmm. that, you know... <laughs> You're not, you're, no Beef way, eaters. like no way am I going to convince these Southern boys to not have their steak and potatoes. Like that's not going to happen. But if I could find a way to make it mm -hmm. better, you know, like I said, if I could buy a cow to slaughter or have one mm -hmm. raised to slaughter and feed my family and my son's oh, girl, family my and my land, daughter's you can family, put a cow out you there know, and we'll like slaughter. I would do that. And I would, uh, I would gladly do it if yeah. I thought it was going to help, you know, like. It was yeah. too well, when there I get are... my land, that's what I plan on doing. I plan on um, doing the meat for our whole family. I, I plan on raising them, you know, in a humane way that will be a healthy way. And um, I have and a, providing uh... that way rather than um, buying from these slaughterhouses. Right, but does it help? I had a friend from um, college who had uh, her, her family had like a, a cattle ranch. And they would do, um, after college, uh, she would get a package, like once every, you know, six months or so of meat from her family, from an animal they had slaughtered. And it would, there'd be like a picture and it'd be like, and she'd be like, oh, it's Bessie. She was lovely. <laughs> right. And right. then they'd like fill their freezer and they uh -huh. put the picture of Bessie on the fridge. Oh, I love it. And like, I, I, I appreciate it. that. I appreciate where it came from. I would do that. But so to your question, um, there is... So I can't speak to how valid it absolutely is. Uh, like I've only read uh, a couple of books, but there's um, a couple of farms. There's this one called, um, I've seen it in documentaries and I read it in uh, Michael uh, Pollan's book, Omnivore's Dilemma, um, called Polyface Farms, where they what they do is they're, the farmer calls himself a grass farmer. Okay. Um, and that he basically 
he has several pieces of land and he like moves his cattle from spot to spot to spot like grazing but not grazing too much right and then he has this whole like setup where he then moves his chickens onto that land afterwards and they're able to like, scratch in the dirt and eat maggots and whatnot but they like take basically the cow manure like they manage to put sort of turn the soil a little bit so that the cow manure gets into the soil so the soil is better so the grass is better and yada 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 so okay. he has this whole like and he leaves then he leaves that plot for a little bit and it's this whole process yeah. and it tends to be better for the soil okay i like that and he's able to produce more meat on the same land because mm -hmm. he is sort of using a dual purpose like yeah. he's not saying chickens here and you read here. this in a book yes and why are we not um why is the this, book i was gonna say the same thing can you tell us the book again yeah the, um omnivore's dilemma omnivore's dilemma by michael pollan okay. okay it's a um um uh, yeah these michael pollan is sort of it a, just a, makes a, me go why are, why is this not standard why is this not the way that we farm everywhere it's, it's more it's harder to do. You have to be very thoughtful. It takes time. Um, but I know. So, right. People got to quit being lazy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I know some and friends of mine have done a farm share from farms that do that similarly, for okay. where they would get like yeah. meat sent to them once a month that was done in this style. So, like, yeah. I think that's better. I don't, but I don't have the hard data to say yes or no for sure. Right. But like that sounds fits like more it to be. what you were going for. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like it would be. I know we took a little uh, riverboat tour um, in the city's capital last summer. And in doing that, just so happens that the guy that was doing the tours, well, he told us a lot of really bad information or not bad information, but um, true information about our state that was very eye-opening that made me go, Oh mm -hmm. gosh, I'm embarrassed to say that I was ever from there. Um, but aside from that, he, aside from being a riverboat driver, also has a farm to restaurant, little farm that he owns and mm -hmm. operates. And he does this on two acres of land. And he's able to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, feed, I guess, or sell to, I think he said like 12 or 15 different restaurants. So on two acres of land, he's able to effectively provide vegetables to 10 mm -hmm. or 15 restaurants. That was mind blowing to me that you know, in my mind, mm -hmm. we have to have so much more land, so much more space to be able to do things. But apparently we don't. Apparently you can have pretty good little farm in just a couple acres of land. And maybe people need to start realizing that too. Like it doesn't take a hundred acres to be able to do something that's going to make a difference. Um, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's well, you true. know, my, some people just get mm -hmm. greedy. My daughter's looking for <laughs> land and she was thinking she needed, you know, X number of acres. And then I told her this story. And so she started looking into it and she's like, Oh my goodness, we really don't need as much as I thought we did to be able to do what I want to do. So I'm glad. I'm glad. See, I want to get a lot of land, but my getting a lot of land is not so that I can plow all that land down to farm. I literally want a lot of land so I can actually preserve a good chunk of it for trees. I want to keep mm -hmm. my trees. I am so sick and tired of going around and seeing, I bitch about this all the time, about, you know, they will plow all the trees down and then you'll see them put up like a 10 by 10 shed. It's like, why did you clear five <laughs> acres of land 
to put, but realistically, you know, they'll put up a small little shopping center or a small, or even a small house, and they will clear acreage mm -hmm. of land. Yeah. And it's like, why did you do that? Or even, even if it's just one acre or a half acre of land, it's like, why did you, you could have cleared enough to leave and just leave, you know, 12 foot around the prop, the house. Mm -hmm. You only need 12 foot out from your house of the trees, you know, why? I just don't get I it. I, it's like, do you not understand? We need the oxygen right. from these plants, yeah. from these trees. <laughs> Oxygen's pretty you, important. You like fucking breathing, pretty people? <laughs> I like breathing. I don't know about you, but I like breathing. I like breathing. You know? Um, but it, it makes me mad. And I think it's ugly. I, I'm mm -hmm. So I am a tree hugger. I'll own You're it. Right. I love yeah. trees. I, I'll hug them. And so I want a I lot of land, trees. mainly just so I can have woods. Yeah. And I and if it doesn't have enough, I'll probably plant some more trees. I will probably plant. Yeah, that would be good. If I don't feel like it has a, a sufficient amount of trees. Yeah. Well, and for you her, know, she's literally and just I'll probably find trees that farmland. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm wanting I'm wanting land that I can farm on that will be suitable to farm on, but I sure as hell need a lot of woods. Yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to have um well water because. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to get my own water and um, haven't taken that from be you able yet. to take care of <laughs> They haven't taken it from you yet. So, no. and it's like, I, I want to, well, another thing is like, I would love to be able to find land that has water running through it so that if I wanted to do power by water, like if it had a good steady enough stream, because I think about all my electrical options, like windmill, <laughs> um, water, solar like i for real this and this isn't a flip the bird at the government thing. it literally is just a, a different way to to use energy to find a new way to energy now i do worry about the batteries that we have to use for this That's because what I, was ask. I think those are some of the things that are probably environmentally the hardest thing is the batteries yeah what is the best option is for, that correct for brandon us Perfect. You know, like for the batteries homeowners or whatever, what's the best option? Would it be solar, wind? Oh, our batteries um, bad. I mean, it's going to, it's, so it's going to depend on where you're living, it's part of it. Like, solar is better in some areas than others. Um, and it's wind is better in some areas than others. So it's, it's going to be dependent. Um, as far as like what you can do in your house, like, I don't know many people, not most people can't put wind turbines on their house, although there are small ones you can put on buildings. Um, you're going to likely, you know, if you're going to try and do something on your own property, it's probably going to be uh, solar. Um, and what about the batteries? There is. Okay, we'll get to the what batteries. What about the Hold batteries? Let me we threw a whole lot of Let questions. Let me say one more thing about energy. One of the things you can do, though, um, you know, it's tough for people to individually do solar, especially, you know, as you said, like being a renter, whatnot. Um, there are things called like community solar. Um, where you can like pay into um, a solar project in your area, like in your neighborhood or in your community um, to get that power. And those things can be really beneficial towards actually pushing those projects to into existence. Cool. Similarly, a lot of um, utilities will let you pay for green power and those can be, and you know, do your research, but like those can be actually really impactful for pushing there to be more um green energy because like they are then able to take all that money and and 
pay for the development projects um, and really like push push that forward. Um, batteries. I think batteries are batteries are getting better. People are moving towards. Um, I, I think people get worried about like. I mean, so lithium mining, hugely impactful in different parts of the the world. Usually done in communities that are um, low income, um, places where basically we tend to push like our dirtiest, worst industries onto the most disadvantaged. Um, so like that is definitely a challenge and a problem. There are, however, um, it's getting, I, I think it's going to get a lot better within the next year. Um, we have okay. started to see a movement towards replacing some of those rare earth metals with iron. Um, iron okay. is actually like, it's one of the most prevalent metals on earth. Mm -hmm. It can be found in on every continent. Um, so like it will not, you will not have to be like taking it from the, the worst parts of the world to get that, those batteries. Okay. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that. Like we're that starting idea. to see that in vehicles. Um, yeah. We're also starting to see more manufacturing, like the price of batteries going to come down. Um, the inflation reduction okay. act, um, really sort of pushed for bringing some of that battery manufacturing back to the United States. So I think okay. here that's going to bring that price down. It's going to make it better. You're also going to see in the long term, this is, I've read this, I haven't seen it happen yet, but like what I understand is that, um, you know, you have electric vehicles at some point, like the battery is not going to be great for the vehicle anymore. Like in, you know, 10, 15 years from now, the battery will, you know, only have say 50% of its original power or its capacity. Right. Right. So, um, instead of recycling or throwing that away, it will get downgraded and become like the energy storage for a house. Okay. Um, and so you're going to be able to start buying those cheaply as secondhand batteries for your home. Okay. Um, so okay like, you know my car battery it's a fair amount of power like fully charged would be enough to power my home for probably about a week mm -hmm. um yeah he has he has an electric car mm -hmm. and so yeah, I, I was... um that's cool so when you're so with the life of these batteries like it's you know, I think that that's where it will make a lot of sense for like the average home homeowner okay. is when we're starting to take these batteries and moving them there. I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm glad to hear that. I know my son was trying to go um, solar in his little trailer. He's got, um, mm -hmm. he, he wants to live very minimalistically and, you know, all of those things. He's, mm -hmm. he's trying very hard to do that. Um, and he had to go solar for, or was trying to go solar for a little while, but the amount of batteries that it took was insane like it was crazy, it was crazy. I, I know we're like well then what is the point like i feel like we're just trading <laughs> one one thing for another so to know that there's things coming down the pike that are going to help that too is very encouraging that's really exciting that's really exciting yeah and so battery technology is getting battery technology and solar technology are getting better um constantly i think i was talking to a solar provider and they were saying it's like they improve by about 10% a year, I think. Wow. So it's okay. like, in a decade, that's a hundred percent improvement. <laughs> that's exactly. Pretty like, you're <laughs> that's pretty great. 
I like nice. that idea. I like it. That's a good percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Percentage. Yeah, and I like the that you said um, about iron because yeah, I mean I know that to be true. That it is very readily available. Why haven't we been doing this mm-hmm. all along? There's just so many things that you go. Yeah. It, Why? Duh. There, there, <laughs> like. There are reasons, like, iron is heavier, generally, yeah. and there there are reasons why it wasn't, like, the the one on the forefront. The first go-to. But like, yeah, but my understanding is it's getting there. Cool. Very cool. Good to know. Good, good, good. I like it. I like it. In the words of G, good, good, good. For me. <laughs> no. Oh, God. G, Brandon would tell you, our, our G used to always go, good, good, good. And we always knew it was when she was half-ass listening to something. <laughs> like, those are go-to. Good, oh, that's good, funny. Good. Like, oh, poor G. Poor I G. I like that. Uh, anyway. Well, you guys, we have been on here forever. We have commandeered a lot of Brandon's time, and we appreciate it. I appreciate it. And... We have gone around in circles. We've digressed. We've gone fast forward. We've gone here. We've I gone think there. It's just from what been... I hear, this is that's the usual, right? That's uh, that's how we yes. operate. This wouldn't be uh, every episode, an episode is an ADD mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. That is what we should. Uh, Fucking reality queens, the ADD, mm-hmm. the ADD network over here, so, queens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can that's I, how we rock and roll. If we're wrapping up, can I just give like my last like sort of synopsis yes. of like what's and, the best to do yes. I, for me yes I sort of... really quick before you do that before you do that yeah i do have one thing um if you can when we do finish this if you will send us a list of of um resources that we can put on our site for people to go to mm-hmm. so they can find information any kind of you know links or whatever we would greatly appreciate yes, sure. it um you know Sarah and I would just be over the moon to be able to share this with any of mm-hmm. our listeners. Yeah. So go ahead and do your little thing. Well, yeah. So my last sort of, my overarching point, and I can't remember if I said this already, but I think the big thing is to be sort of thoughtful and present to me. Um, the idea that, uh, you know, envir- like what is the best thing for you, for your area is going to be different. Um, so you have to be sort of thoughtful about that and to really focus your energy on like a few big things you can do. So whether that's, you know, like we said earlier, like changing out like one meal a week to being vegetarian to, or to eat less meat um, or to eat lower on the meat um, sort of scale, diagram, I guess. <laughs> scale. <laughs> yes. Um, eat more or, chicken. Eat more chicken. Yes. Um, or to just be present about like what you need. So, you know, like we said earlier, reduce, reuse, recycle, like are there things that you can reduce or like ways you can reduce your consumption by say thinking about, um, do I need this? Do I, before you buy something, do I need this or can I get along without it? Um, do I really want this? If it's a a want, not a need. Um, but thinking about it before you make the purchase or, and looking around, there's great, opportunities to reuse things so um we were discussing before we started um organizations that we really like there's something i like called buy nothing groups where um you know within a a community like there's one for my neighborhood on facebook Mm -hmm. where people put stuff that they don't want anymore and other people can take it and so before i go buy something 
I'll post on the buy nothing group like, hey, does anybody have an extra, you know, some old some Tupperware that they don't need, right? So that I can instead of me buying new Tupperware, um, things I like that. I think there's a lot of people that assume that if they're giving it away, it's junk, and nobody would want it. It's trash, and that's so not true. So not true. Oh, and no. Amelia can attest. My entire home is furnished with things that people were giving away or selling for very very cheap but primarily giving and away. her house looks very yeah, nice so it's not all junk people get out there and look like so go ahead Brandon. i'm sorry yeah no no i 100 percent. that's a good point like my buy nothing group we got a sandwich maker like a breakfast sandwich maker that makes my wife very happy on the I weekend <laughs> um so people get i got rid of some like posters that i didn't want anymore mm -hmm. um people get rid of great stuff clothing baby things 100%. Baby oh, yeah. things are the best thing to get on buy nothing group. Okay. Don't need to buy stuff. Yeah. Um, but just to be thoughtful about like what you consume, what you need, even the simple things like leaving a room, you know, am I, should I turn off the lights? Am I going to be needing this um, when I'm washing dishes, turning off the water? Like, I think I'm not going to put anything under the faucet for a minute or so. I'm going to be sudsing up or walking away, just being present and thoughtful about like what you're consuming okay. um, and, you know, taking that energy into your life. What about the shower thing? Oh, yeah, I do. I like um, the other thing is like, yeah, taking things to their best use or like, how can you use them further? So uh, when our shower is warming up, we have buckets in there and we'll take that water and water our plants or pre-soak our dishes if, we're, if we need it. Um, sometimes if we don't, if we have too much water, um, we will flush our toilets with it, but I would have like never thought of doing that. that. I would have never thought of doing that. That's a perfect that. idea because so that easy. water just, you're paying yeah, for exa it. Exactly. You're paying, you're paying, for, paying for, it. for it. If nothing else, if you don't think of it in any other way, other than I'm paying for this, I better get the most use out of it. Flushing the toilet. That's so easy. I mean, how many of us go before we get in and then, you know, you, you flush well, now you don't even have to waste that water. Like you can just fill up the bucket and then put it in there and say, like, that's brilliant. That is so simple, but I never thought of that. So we go before we get in anyway, rather than, you know, flushing it down, just reuse that water. Like I always complain about how much my water bill is. And I am literally just sending so much of it down the drain. It makes so much sense. Like it's so easy. I would have never thought about that had you not brought it up. I'm, that one's one I'm going to do. I've actually got a bucket in my bathroom right now, and I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start using that uh, one of, to flush oh, yeah. my toilet before my I get in. I love it. Um, love it, love it, love it. We, like, I told them that, and then I found out later that they're doing it, and they, they were saying it as, like, it's how they remember to water their plants, is that they have this bucket in their shower now of water. So, like, they see it, and they go, oh, yeah, got to water the plants <laughs> and take it outside. Yeah. Yeah, especially with with yeah. with oh, planting so season That's coming. That's such good advice. And like, it's, so it's that time of year that we're getting around to start doing our tomatoes mm -hmm. and cucumbers and all of that. And so, yeah, perfect time. Spring is here. It's when everybody starts planting. Get your buckets, fill them up in the tub when you're warming <laughs> up your shower mm -hmm. before you get in. Perfect. So, thank you for that advice. Is there anything else that you want to add, or are you good? I think I'm good. I've talked a lot about, um, yeah, what else? I mean, the other ones were mainly about trying to save energy in your home and helping you save money. And 
touched on that. So okay. I think I'm Well, that's all right. If there's anything else that you think of, you know, we can always revisit this topic at another date. You know, um, it's not a topic that I think ever needs to be stopped of course. talking about. It always <laughs> I mean, the needs hope to be talked about. My dream is to work myself out of a job, but that's, uh, <laughs> it's not happening soon. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. We'll work towards it. We'll help. Yeah. We'll help do yeah. our part. Thank you. To work yes. you out of a job. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. I know my husband was saying earlier, he's like, you know, well, there's what, what, what can you do? You know, what can you really do? Like, what can you really do? And I said, well, if uh, that's the problem is everyone has that mindset. Of, and that's the eh, problem. I'm not going to make that much of a difference or, you know, I can get these hundred people, but there's still hundred thousand people. It's not going to make that much of a difference. And that's what I said. I was like, that's the problem is that everybody has that mentality of, my my little contribution and isn't if anything help, you know is. you can lay it your will. head down it at really night will. and you tried and more and so, more people will there we go i know i can rest mm -hmm. yep yep well like have you ever heard if you've heard the little um story about the starfish about the kid walking along the beach and you know he's there's all these starfish that were washed up on shore and he's throwing them back in and some man approaches him and says what are you doing why are you throwing in those starfish and he says well, because I'm trying to save them. And he says, well, there's thousands of them on this, on this beach. There's no way that you can save them all. And so he picks up one more starfish and he throws it in the ocean. And he says, it, I was able to save mm -hmm. that one. It mattered to that one, which is not, you know, the exact story, but in a very short synopsis. And that's really it. Like you may not be able to save all 100,000 on the beach, but you were e exactly. at least able to save that one. Egg. And exactly. That. Sorry. Had to throw an egg pun. <laughs> I just started thinking about I've I've got to go collect eggs, everybody. So egg, exactly. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of eggs. All right. Speaking well, Brandon, thank you for joining us. Of course. We're Thanks so for having me. to have you here. Yes, and you, you, you so hug much. my little sis there, my, my sister in law for me when you get off here. Will do. All right. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us. Later. Peace out. Bye. Talk at you tomorrow. All right, Sarah. Ramble that shit. All right. Here we go. We are now available on Patreon for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can get bonus episodes, extended episodes, and join in on future fun events. You can follow us on all social media. We are F-U-K-I-N-G, Reality Queens on Facebook because, well, fuck Facebook. We are available on Twitter at frq underscore amelia sarah we are fucking reality queens on tiktok and snapchat you can visit us on our website at www.fuckingrealityqueens.com you can also send us an email at podcast at fuckingrealityqueens.com please leave us a comment or question on our contact us page we absolutely love receiving those and also leave us a five-star rating rate follow review wherever you get your podcasts and as always fucking reality queens is a whaley production Rick -a -rick -a -wah -wah. and that's a wrap <laughs>